0: From the moment we hear Leia tell Obi-Wan that he is her only hope to Luke throwing away his lightsaber and believing in the redemption of his father, the theme of hope is a central one throughout the movies. The entire Star Wars saga is built around the idea that without hope, we have nothing. The prequels end with a loss of hope so that the originals can follow up with a granting of a new hope. The sequels, I would say, while there's nothing on the surface level to back this up, I tell that they are about finding hope in places you didn't know it existed. Here's why we can still have a hope for a future in Star Wars. You're listening to Han Talks First. Who talks first, you talk first, I talk first. As Leia said in The Rise of Skywalker, never be afraid of who you are. And the most commonly used phrase, may the Force be with you. Both of these quotes, I think, ring well to what our main topic is today about A New Hope. But before we get started, I do have to do some house cleaning. Last week, I said we were going to be doing Mandalorian episodes on Wednesday. And a regular episode on Monday, so actually that's going to be flipped. I'm sorry for the uh, mix-up, I don't know what I was thinking, but Monday is actually going to be the day that we review the Mandalorian episode from the previous week, and then Wednesdays will be a random topic, like the one today. And before we get into our random topic of hope, I want to introduce a new segment of the show, Star Wars Replay. And this segment of the show is to celebrate any anniversaries, facts, or trivia that happened this week in Star Wars history. So, first on the list is all the way back in 2004. It's the anniversary of the release of the Star Wars Episode 3 teaser trailer, which was a pretty good trailer, if you ask me. I remember seeing it as a kid for the first time and being kind of blown away and really excited. And what's funny is I think I got the video game before I actually saw the movie. Kind of weird. Another one is in 2008 of this week, the DVD version of Star Wars The Prequel Trilogy was released in the U.S. Also in 2014 this week, the novel called Star Wars Tarkin was released. And finally, our fun fact this week in Star Wars history is actually celebrating the birthday of Count Dooku. So, if any of you out there have a birthday this week, you celebrate it, along with the great Count Dooku. So, may the Force be with you guys. So, why we should have a new hope for Star Wars. The main topic. After the Skywalker saga, anthology films, animation, and Mandalorian in the start of its second season, it's hard to remember a time when we had to actually wait for Star Wars movies to come out, until now. Of course, this topic does not cover the television side of things. While the world is slowly transitioning to streaming, and a lot of people believe that that's where the future of Star Wars thrives, I actually disagree. So we are currently only at the beginning of a hiatus of Star Wars movies. While the sequel trilogy and anthology films were hit and miss with a lot of people, the big question is where do they go from here? Will they continue to tell the story of legacy characters or spin-offs? Old Republic, High Republic? I don't know. Or are the fans just itching for something new? I've always said that Star Wars has a formula, a formula that makes it unique. I would even go so far as to say it is it's kind of its own genre of filmmaking, similar to how superhero movies is like a superhero genre. I'll be breaking down that for you today and explaining how we can still have hope for future Star Wars movies. So this will be divided into three parts. The first part is about Star Wars reflecting the real world. Now this comes down to anthropology, which all of us Lucas fans out there will know that anthropology is the selected major that George Lucas actually originally wanted to go into. He was fascinated by uh, the human experience and discovering what it means for us to be human. And he implemented a lot of that, his learnings in that, into the Star Wars franchise. So anthropology is the study of human societies and cultures and uh, how they develop. It's biologically, physiologically, evolutionarily, uh, whatever makes us human. It's a broad approach to understanding different aspects of that human experience. Now, a good example of how this ties into Star Wars is the big one, fathers and sons, and that relationship. Also mothers, daughters, uh, siblings, <laughs> siblings, <laughs> we all know that one, but I, I think that's a big one to point out when it, when we're talking about anthropology and that relationship and development uh, between a father and a son, most notably Luke and Vader, Another good example is government, uh, whether it be politics, like prequel style, uh, and corruption, uh, but also science and nature. And deeper into that is the Force, which I would say kind of uh, brings together both science and nature and creates this one entity known as the Force. Or you could even say uh, magic is another way to put it. So on top of anthropology, Star Wars... Reflects our real world by implementing mythology and psychology. Mythology is a study; it's a study of and interpretation of traditional tales, which also relates back to anthropology because it it's tales that tell the aspects of different human conditions, and this is what Star Wars is. It's mythology; it's about good and evil. It's about the meaning of suffering, uh, human origins, force origins, the meaning of life and death and what it all means. And Star Wars expresses beliefs and values about these subjects held by a certain culture which would be focused mainly on Jedi versus Sith. And some great examples of how this ties into previous mythology that we've uh, come to, you know, know or learn about in school was Oedipus Rex, King Arthur, um, samurai culture, Roman Republic, uh, specifically when Roman Republic turned into the Roman Empire, which was through conspiracy and manipulation, which is essentially what the prequels is based off of, and then we have Nazi Germany, which is uh, partially of what the original trilogy is based off of, and also there's a the Viacom which George Lucas mentioned was a really big one when it came to Return of the Jedi. Um, but also on top of that, it's, it's, they're coming from different parts of the world, but they're all implemented together into this one thing, which is Star Wars. So that is a combination of both Western and Eastern integration. So it brings together all walks of life. It shows the similarities. It shows the differences. And it shows how people come together. And that will lead us into our second segment of why we should have a new hope for Star Wars. But on top of Star Wars reflecting the real world, I also think the Force is a big one to talk about. The Force can be related back to our religious beliefs. Even if you are not religious in a going to church or a God kind of way, you do have a a path in your mind or a perceived destiny that which you follow whether even if it is fate or you create your own destiny but i believe that's what the force represents here the force represents what it is you live for your purpose and how you connect with the world and other people so that's the big one i take away from how we can have a hope for future star wars it has to have the force any movie we get into next I, I don't think we should see another Rogue One-style or a Solo-style movie. Don't get me wrong, I think they're great ideas, but that works great for the television route. You know, we, I just said we were, we were moving from movies to television, not just Star Wars, but the whole world it seems to be doing that. And streaming is the future. But IPs like Rogue One and Solo, I think would work really, really well on a television platform. But when it comes to the movies, we need bigger scope. We need broader uh approaches to that human experience. And some of it is very has big spectacle. And the force is one of those things. Uh something interesting about all of these mythologies that I I I mentioned, like King Arthur and Oedipus and, and the Odyssey, whatever. Um a lot of those are often told down through generations, typically by one person. They're all narratives, um, and they're a story shared by one person's experience. And something very interesting, which I'm sure most of you have heard, is the idea that the story of Star Wars is actually R2-D2's story that he tells to... Uh, the Journal of the Wills, which becomes itself its own, its own book. And the entire, uh, George Lucas actually said himself, he says this, the entire story of Star Wars is actually being recounted to the Keeper of the Journal of the Wills a hundred years after the events of Return of the Jedi by R2-D2. That's right. Everybody's favorite and lovable droid is the one telling the entire story. You know, Lucas also points out that R2 never makes a mistake in the series, and is often responsible for saving the lives of many, if not all, the main characters, while, meanwhile, all the other characters have flaws. R2-D2 has no flaws. Now, of course, this, uh, this idea does not follow through with the continued sequel trilogy, because as we all know, he was asleep during The Force Awakens, so... It can't be true from that perspective anymore, but it is a very interesting idea. And it shows how Lucas was trying to implement these old mythology stories and how we tell stories as a society relating back to anthropology. And I think we'll continue doing that in future Star Wars movies. So that's one thing to have hope for. And we see that mostly with The Mandalorian. Now, I know it's TV, and I'm telling you to have a hope for future movies, but The Mandalorian is taking ideas from all of these, these old tales, um, like The Lone Wolf and Cub, which is The Mandalorian, from Seven Samurai, from The uh, Hidden Fortress, all these old great tales, and making it into individual storylines in The Mandalorian. And The Mandalorian is going to inspire other filmmakers to come in and do the same thing. And we will get that in the movies someday. At the end of the podcast, I'll tell you about everything we should expect to come, everything that's been announced, and what we think is going to happen with the movies. But until then, I want to talk about the second point I have, which is the separation of familiarity. So what does that mean? Well, Star Wars is a cognitive escape from reality. It's a relief from our common lives. You know, when I'm watching Star Wars, nothing else matters to me because I'm living in a supreme moment. I'm living in that world. And I'm connecting to deeper meanings. You know, my heart pounds when I'm watching the space battle on the Death Star. My emotions divulge when I'm seeing Luke at the end of The Force Awakens and eagerly waiting on the edge of my seat for the next climax, the next movie, the next story to tell. And Star Wars has to still remain an escape from our everyday lives and problems. Some things that I've noticed recently happening in the Star Wars movie template is they're taking common issues in our world under social sciences that they're bringing to the surface level of the screen and trying to address to the audience. You know, social sciences in, in Star Wars should be understood in the universe. That's part of world building. And what I mean by that is when we first watch uh, Star Wars... Actually, let's do the prequels. When we first watch The Phantom Menace, okay, we know that there are, are already multiple worlds. And in those worlds... In the big galaxy, there's different planets with different species on them, and they all interact with each other. Now, there is set in stone that there is a separatist foundation that is trying to move away from the Republic, while also the Republic itself is suffering from corruption and its own annexations of other other species, other worlds. But it's already known to us that there is a problem there. Yet they're already being very inclusive with some of their cultural, developmental, and criminal studies. It's set up in the universe right away. And it doesn't approach them from a main topic perspective. We know that there's all this corruption and madness and problems in the world that we're watching. And while it may reflect some of our societies and how we are, you know, our familiarities with our world... It doesn't bring those attentions to the forefront. And it switches it up and it gives us a metaphorical way to represent that. And it gives us that escape. And it can be very beneficial for us when we go back into our real world lives. And it determines how we solve those problems outside of it. So so, uh, some great examples of how Disney has used uh, separation of familiarity is by centering... A lot of their stories with female characters you know uh, they I mean you're some people will disagree with me but when they first introduced Rey as being a main character in episode seven I honestly had no idea that it would be a problem it, it never occurred to me I really wasn't paying attention to Star Wars online like forums and stuff at that time so I didn't see all the hatred And then after the movie came out, people started saying, oh, they have an agenda, they're trying to push something. I really didn't feel that in Episode Seven, And the way they complement themselves is by the next movie they would have, it would be focused on a main character who is a male. So they didn't do every single story with a main character as a female. I, I believe there was equal opportunity for both parties there. And, of course... There, are, there was a black main character, Finn, who is great as well, but he wasn't brought into the story to say to the world, hey, we need to have more black people in our universe or in our, sto- our movies or storytelling. He was there because his his character served the story, and that story will serve the purpose of sparking that that cognitive escape from our reality but showing us how to appreciate it in our real world as well. So that's one thing I think Star Wars needs to focus on going forward, is the separation of familiarity by bringing in common problems and issues and societal norms or things to be addressed, but bring them into the movie, establish them as in-universe, and have it have it be a part of the story itself, but don't actually uh, bring it to the f- the main focus of... <laughs> of the movies. Uh, finally, we're going to talk about what is coming, what we know is coming in the future for Star Wars movies. I'll, I'll talk about the TV stuff too. Um, but this will give us a good a good sense of where we think this is actually going to take us, what kind of story we're, we're going to see, who's going to make them, and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, for me, I'm kind of like, I know it's only, it hasn't even been a year yet since the rise of Skywalker came out and I'm already I got this itch to uh, needs to be scratched for <laughs> a movie. Um, uh, I love Mando, but I really need like a big, heart throbbing, uh, extravagant move. I need dinosaurs. I need fireworks. I need I need pod racers. I need like explosions. I sound like a Michael Bay fan, but anyway. <laughs> so what's on the slate? Well, the first we have is that we. Kn- it has been announced, it is official, that there is a movie coming in 2023. And it's slated to be a trilogy. So it be 2023, 2025, and 2027. Same template that they had for the sequel trilogy. They'll separate it by years. And we don't know anything about what it's going to be, though. You know, it used to be that the writers for Game of Thrones were going to be making that movie. And then, of course, they were fired, and there has been no update on to who replaced them. So <laughs> I'm not really sure what it's going to be about. The It was only rumored that it was going to be about Knights of the Old Republic. And I would love to see that, but at the same time, they're going to be trying to adapt something that's from a video game, which has not panned out well in the past, of course. But also, if they... It's like it's a double-edged sword because if you stick to the story in the video game, a lot of people will love it, and a lot of people will be like, uh, "Why did you do that?" Because you didn't do some some things right, and uh, you messed up this okay, look at that character, all that kind of stuff. And then also, if they deviate away from the storyline of the video games, it'll do the same exact thing. It'll divide people, I believe. Um, so what I would really hope for, if it is new writers and new directors and a new idea, is that we get something brand new. Um, For me, I'm more into the post-sequel era, what happens after episode nine, Um, just because I think the prequels kind of did it for me. I think it kind of showed us everything that could have been in that world. And I'm more interested to see how jedi trained to be and grow in numbers in the future and what new threat will arise since all the big bad guys are finally gone and since there's nothing set up after the episode nine it's completely free reign for creative control to come up with whatever you want but that's just me so on top of that new trilogy it has been announced that taika waititi is going to make a movie with the writer named Christy Wilson Carnes, I think. And she wrote the 1917, which I haven't seen, but, you know, won awards, and it's pretty great. And Taika, of course, is pretty cool. Now, we don't know anything about this either, because Taika's got, like, a billion other movies he's working on until he gets to this. So we may not even see this until 2025. It's my theory, anyway. But... On top of that, it was also announced that Kevin Feige is going to make a Star Wars movie. Now, what will that be about? Well, I think he's actually going to be working with Taika Waititi. They've already worked together in the past. They know how each other work. They've made very successful movies together and characters, so they already have that rapport. And they're moving into Star Wars. Kevin Feige has said before that he's a bigger Star Wars fan than he is Marvel. So... Just let that sink in for a second, because the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been an incredible journey with amazing storytelling, devotion to the comics, but also devotion to creating new ideas and new characters and stuff like that. I'm I'm really excited that Kevin's coming into Star Wars. Uh, when he was first on the Star Wars show, uh, he was being interviewed there, he He, like, geeked out about Star Wars. He knew some things that I didn't even know. He was talking about, you know, buying the toys when they first came out and playing with the characters and always wanting to write a Star Wars movie. And that kind of made me really excited because I'm a big fan of his work. So also on top of that, there is another trilogy, which is supposed to be a Ryan Johnson trilogy. Um, That was announced before His Last Jedi came out and when um, Kathleen Kennedy said they already granted him a trilogy, and there hasn't been any updates recently. I personally do not think it will come to fruition, but here's what you can expect from it, and I think it would be... So when Ryan Johnson first came to Kathleen Kennedy to pitch an idea for Star Wars, he didn't have a pitch for Episode Eight. He actually had a pitch for a whole new idea. He wasn't... At all, well, he was interested in working on the sequel trilogy, but his initial interest was to come in and make a brand new, a new, brand new Star Wars movie with new characters and new planets, all of which we'd never seen before, and that was his pitch for his Star Wars movie for Kathleen Kennedy. Kathleen Kennedy actually loved that attitude and that uh, excitement and passion for the project that she actually suggested that he make Episode Eight. So, he already kind of has an idea for a brand new trilogy, if you think about it. Maybe he implemented a lot of that into The Last Jedi, but it is refreshing to know that we will be getting brand new themes, ideas, characters, planets, people, etc. for a Ryan Johnson trilogy. Another thing that is slated to come, this was announced by Hollywood Reporter and Deadline, so it's, uh, it's official. Uh, There is a writer, I'm not familiar with his work, but his name is J.D. Dillard. And he is actually slated to write a movie for Lucasfilm Disney. And here's the best part. They say, the Hollywood Reporter and Deadline say that it's supposed to be a movie that takes place on Exegol. If you don't remember or the name doesn't sound familiar, that is the Sith planet that Palpatine is hiding on in Episode Nine. So a whole movie based on that world. Imagine that. I think that would be pretty badass. I'm sure there's tons of lore there, similar to the other Sith planet that we're familiar with, but also like Dathomir, how Dathomir has a rich history, its own race of people, the division of uh, men and women on the planet... Um, again, you can come up with a whole brand new thing for the planet of Exegol, and it might tie into how Palpatine got there in the first place. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. And as soon as I know more info, I will pass it on to you guys as well. And of course, the other ones that we know about is the obvious one, Mandalorian, uh, Obi-Wan, which... I'm just as excited for. That was supposed to be a movie, but like I said at the beginning of the podcast, they're transitioning most stuff to television. So while it's not going to be a TV show, it will be a miniseries, but I'm hoping it keeps that big major movie budget because it's Ewan McGregor. Come on, it's Christopher Robin. The other one that we know of that's coming soon is a Rogue One spinoff. I'll be honest with you, I'm not looking forward to this one at all. (laughs) I have no investment in this. I don't even know why it was greenlit. My theory is it will also be a miniseries because I don't think it will do very well. Um, so it's about Cassian Endor. The other one that was announced most recently is the Bad Batch animated TV series. Again, I think this will be a miniseries or just a two-season uh, kids' show, just like how Star Wars Resistance was, which was actually a good show for like little kids. I actually enjoyed it a lot but the bad batch. So we'll actually get their own standalone animated TV show. And the last one I think that has been kind of announced or talked about is the female led star Wars spinoff by Leslie Headland. Kathleen Kennedy announced this on her own. um, I think it was at the beginning of the year talking about it. And Leslie Headland, she made a TV show called, I believe it was Russian dolls, which I've never seen. I don't think I'm familiar with any of Headland's work. But the theory is that it would be, a since it's female-led in the title, the theory is that it'll be about Ahsoka Tano, and that once she appears in The Mandalorian, then after a few seasons, uh, episodes in that show, she will spin off into her own series uh, supported by probably Sabine Wren. But I could be completely wrong. I don't know. I honestly don't think this show is going to happen either, just because the way it was promoted and announced was a little weird to me. And Disney made no official comment on it, so it's a little weird. But finally, the one question I'm going to leave you with here is, you know, we have all these spin-off shows, these new TV shows, we have movies down the pipeline that we're not sure what it's about, but what I really want to ask you with here is have we really seen an end to the Skywalker saga? Think about it. We People thought it was over in 1983, right, with Return of the Jedi. People thought it was over in 2005 with Revenge of the Sith. And then we heard Disney was coming back with a new, with new trilogy of movies, and then we thought it was over in 2019. But think about it. The Star Wars movies since since today have all been about the Skywalker family and their out, you know, intermediate or outer relationships with other people and the world. And that's probably the most bankable route to take when you're thinking with a business mindset. So are they really going to cut it off there? Is that really the end of the Skywalker saga or can we expect more? I honestly think they will do an episode 10 in the future. It's not going to be five years from now. Maybe not even 10, but 15, 15 years from now, there could definitely be an episode 10. And they resurge Ray. They bring Daisy back, Adam Driver. And it's, it's the whole thing all over again. Well, that was it for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. To all the new people out there, thanks for finding us, and be sure to tell your friends, too, and um, hit me up on social media. Everything is at HanTalksFirst. Stay tuned. Next week, we're going to be covering the new episode of The Mandalorian and a lot more topics next week, even with some guests. So, again, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let me know what you think and send me some topics or questions if you want to answer them. And now, somehow, someway, somewhere, this week...